Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another special weekend bonus episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm here, and my husband, Daniel, is here. Hi. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I think we should tell them a couple things. Mm -hmm. One... Let's talk about your pre-show gas <laughs> elimination ritual. Well, no one wants to hear me burping on uh, air, so... I no, but it's it interesting. It's like... <laughs> it's like you squeeze the air out of yourself before yeah. we turn on the mics. Yeah. You literally said, Excuse, hang on a second, and then you went... That. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, when I was young, I made uh, a real effort to learn how to burp. <laughs> but see, I So I think I'm a think... skilled burper. I would agree. But I would think <laughs> when you make your... Okay, let's say you have a like a set quantity of burps in a yeah. day. Yeah. What do you think it is? Like 11? <laughs> um, hmm, that's actually a good question. Probably not 11. You don't think you have 11 burps in a day? No, I don't think... Well, like, I only really burp after lunch, <laughs> which, which is so... I noticed one time I was... Because I'll eat lunch oftentimes in my office. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll try to close the door because no one outside my office wants to hear me, you know. Burp? Well, eat. Right. You know, it's gross to listen to people eat. Uh, but then I'll open the door and uh, and I notice I just burp and I don't know. Like, you you, you just don't realize you're doing it. You're just, and, um, I, and I just thought, oh, my God. One day I realized that I'm like, I am a gross, disgusting pig. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm stuck on the you burp and you don't realize it. When you're alone, you mean because you think you're alone? Yeah, I think I'm alone. It's this weird illusion of being alone, yet there's a whole gaggle of people right outside of your right. office. But that happens just... in the workplace eventually. Yeah. You know when I notice it most happening, and by the way, welcome to a romantic Valentine's Day yeah. show, is when I turn around and I see someone in public picking their nose. I'm like, you oh are God. in public. That's, I can't, that, I can't get behind that. The picking your nose thing That's, in traffic uh, is yeah. the worst. Because I know. Like, you it, know that those things that you're looking at of people can see into as well. Yeah, it's the same thing as the office, though, being in the car, where you th just because you're enclosed... You, you feel like you're alone, but right. we can see you picking I, your nose. <laughs> I remember when I was about five, I was at um, Fashion Island, which is an outdoor mall in mm -hmm. Orange County with my mom. And all of a sudden, I just went, that. <laughs> and this old man turned to me and he's like, excuse you. Yeah. And I felt so embarrassed. I completely, it was that thing you're talking about. Yeah. I completely forgot I was in public. But anyway, back to my important burp quantity yes. discussion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say you have a certain amount of burps in a day. Let's say you have six. Okay. Now, if you make yourself burp, are you reducing the six to five or are you just tacking on an extra burp? I would argue that by making yourself burp, you're maybe you're it. making it seven because to make yourself burp, you have to take in air. Interesting. Because what you're saying is that you can make yourself burp before <laughs> going on mic and then you won't burp. But I feel like you're just adding to your burps. So you're saying that if I hadn't forced myself to burp, I'd have more uh, a bunch of smaller burps i'm saying you're still going to be burping later maybe even more so because you force yourself to burp oh that it becomes like a, a a thing that like a hiccup where i start to burp more i guess yeah because i think you take in air to make yourself burp no but i wasn't taking in air you were just i can do of, that sort I, of like when you burp a baby you were just i wasn't the taking in air thing is if you're just trying to burp because right. you want to burp I wasn't trying to, I wasn't like, it wasn't some, it wasn't some new ritual that like every time before we go on air, I'm going to burp just for superstitious reasons, <laughs> which okay. is an awesome ritual. Yeah, you should um, do that. But uh, no, I, I, uh, I have a little gassy this morning, so I'm trying to, I was trying to force it out. Do you feel better now? I do. Because it came, it came out of everywhere. 
Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's the other <laughs> thing. Listen, folks. All right. We're all human here. We can dialogue about this. Should we tell them about Fart Clue? Or is that not ready to be unveiled yet? Oh, man. Um, we can wait if you want to wait. Fart Clue. Yeah, this is an exciting board game. Board Look game out, Milton Bradley. Yeah, we're, we're, we're creating a board game. I mean, it's or maybe not really it's a called. Car, it's kind of a card based. It's not board called game. Fart Clue. No. What, what was it called? Uh, who smelt it? Who dealt it? Who dealt it? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to wait or do you want to tell them? Do you remember? Well, all we can the tell them. The okay, you, you explain it. Um, and by the way, we're only going to talk about farts for 14 more minutes. So we had this idea. We're still working out the rules, uh, but we had this idea of sort of what if you did? It started Not out. We it was you. Okay, but I'm on board. Well, you you helped. Yeah. Uh, so sort of it started off like sort of like what if you did Clue except uh, instead of murders it was um, farts. Mm. So you have all the different characters. You're a character and you're going around like a, a mansion and. Um, you discover farts and then you have to figure out who dealt it. Right. Like so-and-so in the lanai with the beans. Exactly. But, yeah. Or the, yeah. but remember the names of the characters? So then we came up with a bunch of character names because instead of like, yeah, uh, Colonel Mustard and everything. So it was, I actually don't remember them all. I always have a hard time. There's Toots LaRue. Toots LaRue. There's Larry uh, Fartinsky. Larry Fartinsky. Wait, hold on. And um, who's the Gaseous McLeod. Gaseous McLeod. That was Didn't we have more? I feel like maybe we did. I think we did. We should just write them down. Yeah. All right. This is to be continued. I feel that we unveiled our Well, so I, I actually soon. went on an obsessive jag uh, a couple months ago where I started to really work out the rules of this game and it became more card based. Well, and you discovered, isn't there already another game like this? Well, oh, yeah. That was a crazy thing. So I was like, and it was at the same time, there was like a two week period where I was just because my brain, I get like this weird OCD about creative projects where... <laughs> creative fart-based card game projects? Well, just projects. something. Like, uh, it'll be... I know. You are expressing yourself. Where it'll be like, uh, you need to, you know, you need to learn origami, you know, and then you it'll be like... You need to learn how to make a hardcover book. Yeah, exactly. And so for, yeah, ex- yeah, so for like two months, I'm only thinking about hardcover books or you need to learn how to do calligraphy, you know? Which you did learn. Yeah, and it's just like... It, I can't like not do it. It's weird. But so for like two weeks, I was working on this game and the rules of the game. And then I was listening to some, ah, man, it was some NPR show uh, podcast. And they had this guest who uh, maybe it was the business or something. I don't know. Um, And they were, this guy was a, a former producer who got into toys and he had a game that was essentially... It was for kids. It was basically a who dealt it kind of game. No. It was a different. It was a who farted, I think was what he called it. But it was more kids based and it, and it had like this figure in the middle that was like a, uh, like a fat guy who would, <laughs> and then everyone, then you would like someone in, someone in the room would have like a little remote control and you could make him fart. So it was more of a. Right. It was more crass. It wasn't like elegant fart play like you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually want a game that's like got true strategy and would yeah, actually be a fun party game. like the chess game. of fart games. A, a fun party game for adults about farts. I see. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, we'll keep you guys posted. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll kickstart it. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, side note, I've never felt more gassy than I do right now. This conversation has really, <laughs> really made me feel um, full of it. Now, let's get back to Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. 
facts I want to share with the listeners. That's you guys. Hi, I love you. The fact that we've decided to skip Valentine's Day this year because yeah. it just snuck up on us out of nowhere. Yeah. And the other day, Daniel, you said to me, you know, Valentine's Day is this weekend. Did you say, should we skip it? Or did I say, should we skip it? Uh, I may have said it. And I agreed that we should. It feels like, well, look, we've got... Our anniversary. Our, our anniversaries up. in a couple weeks. We've got... The anniversary of when you proposed is coming up, too. Yeah, we've got that. It just feels like Valentine's Day. I don't know. Like, do married couples celebrate Valentine's Day? It feels... That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, it feels like something... You know what it is? This is, this is sort of... I feel bad saying this, but I feel like... Valentine's Day is a holiday that is important when you're dating to sort of get a gauge of what's really going on in the relationship. But once you're married, it just feels like this Hallmark holiday that's foisted upon you. Yeah, like if you're a single couple, you need an excuse to say I love you. But when you're married, it's like, you know, in the same way I I got all the burps out before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got all the I love yous out already. (laughs) I don't have... (laughs) <laughs> I don't have any more in there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, nah, it just feels like that kind of sh- cheesiness. Yeah. I don't know. There's pressure. But yeah, I had to um, I had to call the helicopter company and tell them that it's off because I had a whole really? thing we were going to, an adventure that we we're going to go. But you didn't want to do it, so. Oh, I figured you were going to go in the direction of sky riding. If it was no. actually going up in a helicopter, you know I would never want to do that. No, 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 no. We were going to take a helicopter to the top of uh, the Hollywood sign and have a picnic. <laughs> we're the least spontaneous couple ever. Yeah. You know how on online dating people always talk about they want like spontaneous outdoorsy adventure? Yeah. That's the opposite of us. What's I'm trying to think of anything spontaneous we've ever done. We've gone to Disneyland spontaneously. That's the most spontaneous <laughs> thing we did. Uh well, know. actually, we're not spontaneous, but we're also loath to ever plan anything. That's right. So anything we're the we worst do, of all possible yeah. worlds. <laughs> anything we do is last minute and spontaneous. It's we're, just not adventurous or not, outdoorsy. Well, we're not spontaneous. Also, we don't plan anything, so <laughs> therefore we do nothing. <laughs> right? No, no but I mean, do. there are things we do. Like there are times that we've been like, let's go to a beach or something, and that's always last minute. Yeah, we're not not spontaneous. We yeah, but we just don't do crazy things. Right, we're just not adventurous. Yeah. Well, hooray for us. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was thinking maybe we could make dinner tonight. You know, I mean, you can still do that. Whatever. Although we won't. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, maybe we will. Yeah. We do have to go to the store. Ooh. We've talked about our couple's store shopping. A romantic uh, grocery store trip. That's right. Um, okay, I need to ask you guys a question. It is about the closing song. Um, the closing song right now on the show is kind of long. And so people have written in and said it's too long. And my argument against that usually is, well, just hit fast forward. But then someone was telling me that on certain, I don't know if it's like certain apps where you listen to the podcast, or there's certain situations where you can't hit fast forward. So the fact that it's like a, I actually don't know how long it's it is, long. two or three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, closing song by Trap Dog, who's my favorite, um, who does all the music for the show, that it's too long. So I asked him to do a shortened version so mm-hmm. now we have a shorter version, which is like in the 30-second zone, mm-hmm. and uh, we put that at the end of the most recent episode, but now there's people writing in saying, hey, where'd the long song go? So I want to know, oh, do you guys like the long song or the short song? I'm going to put the long song at the end of this episode. Are you just creating controversy to boost ratings? That's what I do, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I talk about farts and I create controversy with songs. Yeah. Um, so let us talk about last week and then okay. let us look forward to next week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't. Did you say okay? I did eventually. 
Okay. <sighs> Again, I feel so gassy. And also mm-hmm. a little out of breath. I don't know Toots what's going on. Or- yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe. Toots the Roo, I think, is the one that I would be. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's see. We had James Gunn on the podcast on Monday. And yeah. that was awesome. And that's been getting picked up a lot of places. In fact, just this morning, someone tweeted me and said that it got mentioned on Mental Floss. That's exciting. So that, yeah, they did like a podcast roundup. So that is very cool. Um, I was really happy with that episode. We love him. A little bit, this is dovetailing with the... You know, we looked forward to the James Gunn episode, and now we're looking back at the James Gunn yeah, but episode. But now we can, we can talk about how it went. It was really good. Yeah. It, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> okay. Well, the response was great. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love that. It picked up a lot of places. I love that people were paying attention and, and kind of, um, you know, blogging about some of the things that you talked about. It's funny how that Marvel stuff, I mean, people are just... It's, you, you know, you should only have people who are involved in Marvel projects on from now on. Who would that mean I have on next? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Robert Downey Jr. RDJ, JR. <laughs> um, I do love him. And the fact that I had a crush on him, oh, we should tell them your dream if you want. The one from the other night? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can tell that. But dream. first, I just want to say this. For the longest time, I always had a movie star crush on Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And I would look at that as proof that I'm drawn to the wrong kind of guys. Because I was always like, he, is <laughs> the, he, he would be the absolute worst kind boy. of boyfriend ever. Yeah. Because it was like I would look at a picture of him in the orange prison garb yeah. and think, oh, he's so cute. I went to uh, college with his wife. I should... Uh, it seems like they have a good stable relationship. She's perfect for him. She really is perfect for him. Um, she's just the, exactly the type of personality that could that she's like. I always thought she'd be a great producer because she's got such a strong kind of type A personality, and I think he needs a wrangler. And You're saying he and I wouldn't be good together. Someone who's gonna who's going to have the patience, I think, to 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 manage his life and also um, be a good business partner. I don't. It's hard to describe, but they're a good. They're a good couple. You don't um, think he and I would be good together? I think that you and Robert would be horrible together. Why? <laughs> because, um... Aside from the fact that I'm already taken. You're sort of the opposite of type A. <laughs> what is the opposite of type A? Type B? I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Wait, how am I the type opposite C? of type A? Well, uh, you're it's not, hard for me to make decisions? Yeah, you're not super decisive. You're not, like, hyper-organized. Like I, Right. You know... It, it's like, yeah, I guess type A is suggests like an anal OCD amount of organization, right? Like I think I think I'm ambitious, but I'm messy. Yeah, I think people who like are, make really good producers are usually type A. People who um, like to like to organize things and keep things, keep, you know, can keep a lot of um, balls in the air, you know. And I just I'm like mono ball. I like one ball in the air. I do, multitasking right. makes me. I can't multitask well. Yeah. Or I don't like to do it. Yeah. So like you'd probably be a bad personal assistant. I would never want to do that. You'd be a bad producer. Uh, Except for your own show. I'm a great producer of my own show. Yeah. Your own show, you're you're great. But like like of a TV show or a movie or something. I mean, I would. It's no insult because that's not my personality either. Right. I I hate that stuff. I'm terrible at it. So. I feel vaguely insulted. You shouldn't. Okay. I think that um, the other side of that are people who are really creative and, um, you know, I'm not that way. It's like, you know, like for me and not speaking for you, like I'm more of a daydreamer, you know, and I'm, I'm more creative. Uh, I like to, 
Um, so I so I end up being less organized as right. a result. It's kind of like right we, as evidenced by the fact that I went through um, a bunch of a pile of junk on my desk and I found your tax return from like two years ago that you never cashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course I didn't even realize that that you hadn't. You had given it to me just a couple it. weeks ago, and I have already forgotten about it for a second time. <laughs> I don't even know if those checks are still good. Yeah, of course they are. But they say like only good for a certain number of days. They do? Yeah. Did you not know that about checks? Really? Checks expire. I didn't know Sometimes. That. Yeah, it'll be like good for 120, after right. 120 days, it's not good anymore or something. No. Well, we'll go look. Not, no. not a big deal. <laughs> okay. Okay, so tell them your dream. Um, gosh, I don't remember the details. I, I just remember, um, so we were out to, you and I were out to, we're like on a vacation of some kind. Um, and, and it was like a vacation where we took the train there uh-huh. and, um, already somewhat nightmarish because our vacations just tend not to go well. Yeah. And so we're, I want to turn that around, but we don't so have a great track record. We're at dinner and, uh, Justin Bieber comes up to the table and starts, uh, flirting with you <laughs> and, uh, you know, with all his swagginess and, uh, is that, is that like his swaggeriness? You know that Justin Bieber has a swag coach in his entourage, a guy who's employed simply to teach him how to have swag. What does having swag mean? Just swagger. Just okay. like the, how to carry yourself. Is that true? Got, yeah. I did not know that. I, that. Is that the best gig or the worst gig in the world? <laughs> to be the guy who teaches him how to have swagger? To be a swag coach. I don't know. It sounds like that book. Which book? That book. The Pickup Artist. I don't know that the book. Pick, oh, you, with mystery. Oh, 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 oh Neil, yeah. The book by Neil Strauss, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the game. What is it called? The game. The, the pickup artist. Maybe. I forget. I but anyway, um, yeah. My goal is to get uh, rich enough that I can have a swag coach. Anyway, okay. uh, so uh, his swagginess comes up and starts hitting on you. It's just being flirty, you know, the way the Biebs does. <laughs> and uh, and then um. Uh, um we're getting ready to leave and you say you want to stay another day to spend some time with the Biebs. And I had to take the train home alone. Hold on a second. Wendy's, Wendy's pawing at the wall. Wendy's pawing hey. at the wall. <laughs> I don't know what's going on over there. Um, yeah. You Sorry. totally fell for his... Uh, his charms? L- his little boy charms. Sorry. It was so weird too And I woke up I remember waking up And feeling like Kind of mad at you That's <laughs> so strange That was the whole dream? Oh there was so much more to it But I, I don't leave? remember So I could yeah, be I remember. I remember uh, Yeah I took the train home alone Aww. <laughs> I'm Well look As I said to you Multiple times that morning you're I don't sorry. Like, you have not apologized I'm, yet. <laughs> I don't like Justin Bieber. I would never. Mm, this would never that's happen. That's what you would say. No, but really, you know, I think you know me well enough to know that I don't, I don't feel like I know you at all now. Apparently you don't. You say you don't like Justin Bieber. And yet in my dream, you wanted to be with him. Do you feel like I wanted to be with him because I liked him? Or was I just like taken in by his level of celebrity? His. Uh, no, it wasn't his celebrity. It was the attention he paid me. It it was that that the the looks he'd give you know, kind of like sidelong kind of Bieber looks the, <laughs> the the Bieber looks were like it was like a, a a spell that was you were you you were hypnotized. Hey, I'm only human. It's just so I lost so much respect for you. 
Again, I repeat, this would never happen in real life. I, have, I feel like I have I'm intuitive no enough. I feel like I'm Justin intuitive Bieber. enough to to that these things become knowledge deep in my brain and they come out in my dreams. So you say that, but I feel like I I know you better than you know you. We'll see. If one day I do leave you for Justin Bieber, then everyone, you guys heard it here first. Um, and uh, as I begin talking about the next thing I want to talk about, Daniel, why don't you see what Wendy is doing? Because I All hear right. some some rustling in the other room. Um, okay. So what I wanted to talk about next was the Thursday show. Because we were looking back at the weeks. So we had James Gunn on Monday. And then on Thursday, what is she doing? She's just trying to get into the boxes in the other room. Oh, here she is. Okay. And then on Thursday, we had the Thursday gang and we had Dustin and everyone, well, perhaps not everyone. No, I feel like I can say everyone. I didn't hear one negative word about the episode. Yeah. Um, a ton of positive response to the episode with Dustin, the Thursday yeah. episode, uh, which makes me really happy because Dustin is someone that I've known for a really long time and he and I used to do videos together and he used to be on my Ustream show quite a bit and I just think he's great yeah, uh, on the show and so I'm really you know I always wanted him to come be on the show more <clears throat> when I would do it um, you know at the warehouse but because he works across town and based on the time his the time that he works it would just it never really worked out yeah. but now that we're doing the show here in dining room studios and now that he has a different job and we're doing it at a different time and stuff, it totally works for him to come by. So he's just a natural. The funny thing is that the way he and I started collaborate, well, we knew it, we worked at a magazine together, so we have that shared history. But he said to me that he wanted to like produce my web show or be behind the scenes. Oh. And then slowly he just like that never really happened but instead we just started doing stuff on air together um so anyway i really like i like that everyone likes him a lot but yeah. we're still gonna have jordan as well yeah jordan, i love jordan too yeah jordan's got a tight schedule though with yes working for at midnight yeah um you know one thing i was thinking about this morning with the james gunn episode i don't know why i was thinking about la you know how he talked in the episode about how hard it is now you know just thinking about it, he's the same guy he was mm-hmm when you first interviewed him, but now he's made, he's made this movie that made $700 million. And now he's seen as this, like people treat him differently and how he can't really trust when people want to go out with him, what, whether they are genuinely interested in him or whether they're, um, they want something from him. Right. It's like, God, LA, it, it's like, it's, if you're a person with trust issues, (laughs) which Almost every human being is. Well, I was thinking the type of person that become that wants to be famous is either somebody who's just a, a, a crazy narcissist, or somebody who um, probably has trust issues because, like, why do you need that? Right? Why are you craving that validation on a large yeah. scale? Yeah, and so that when you do, if you do get that fame, either you don't, you're just like blind. And you're just thinking, oh, everybody loves me because because me, I'm the narcissist, and everybody loves me, or you're. You're always going to be wondering, and oh, that's just got to be such a horrible position to be in. You know, it's like how, it's like you and I. It's like how do I know that you're not with me because I'm just because I'm this famous podcast superstar? <laughs> I can't right because I have know. aspirations in the podcast field. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like, I'm just you biding my big. time till Justin Bieber comes by. I can't ever really know. You yeah, know? So you know what? Hard. And it's like when I watch you burp before you go on the mic, I'm like, oh man, I got to snap me off a piece of that. George Burns used to burp before every uh, performance. Is that, That's where I get it from. Is that really true? And he got famous because of it. Is that true? 
No, I don't know. Maybe. How do you? It's not not true. <laughs> well, there you go. And then coming up this Monday, in just a scant couple days from the time you hear this, we have Scott Ackerman from Comedy yes. Bang Bang. Oh my God! I was so excited to have him on the show. In fact, I tell him that at the very beginning of the show. <laughs> um, what happened was I tweeted, "Who do you guys want to hear on Allison Rosen's new best friend?" Tweeted something mm-hmm. like that, and then he wrote back and said, "I'll do it." Yeah. And I was so excited by that because he's someone that I've wanted on the show for a long time, but for some reason I got it in my head that he doesn't do a lot of podcasts. I think Although only he recently he's started really, to do is that real what it interviews. Is? Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know if it was possible to get a like deep, sincere interview from him because he is always kind of playing a, the Scott Ackerman character on Comedy Bang Bang, let's yeah. say. Although, actually, there's well, some episodes of Comedy Bang Bang that I've listened to that are really, they're like good, they're, they're, um, not farcical interviews. You know, they're actually getting that, to know the guests. It's not so much that he's playing the character of Scott Ackerman as it is he's always joking around, yes. which keeps things at a, you know, it's like the the best interviews for you are people who are open. open. So the question was, would he, but I think he, he, and he really been, he was. Yeah. He was yeah, great. That's more of a, I think that's more of a recent thing. Yeah. I was like completely geeking out because I was like, oh my God, Scott Ackerman's coming home. Yeah, um, I know. And you ran, you ran into him first outside. Yeah, I, was I heard thinking, you say I Scott took Wendy for a walk, and then he was outside. I'm like, God, hi! But and then I heard him go, "Oh, who is this?" To yeah, Wendy. Yeah, but then uh, I don't I don't ever want to bother anybody. You think of all these things that you you know you want it to be this like if it's somebody you really like, you want them to remember you and be like, God, you know. So so how was the interview uh, at Allison Rosen's? Well, Allison's great, but her husband is so. Awesome. We should have them over. For, you know, like yeah. Uh, but instead, I'm should just... I have been angling to be couple friends with him? And <laughs> oh, I feel like great. I almost have an in because he he said Coolop says hi more than once, and I and he said I'll tell her you say hi. I yeah. mean, I feel like that's practically an invitation to their house. I feel like the goal with every interview is to be couple friends with all of your guests. <laughs> no, the, I didn't uh, know this. Well. Uh, I should write down what the goals should be. <laughs> yeah, give um, me a, let's make some kind of vision board. But I was listening that day. I had listened to the new episode of You Talking You Too to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I had all these things that I, I would say to him. But then, of course, I just said hello. And then I walked away. <laughs> yeah, I think you could have said some of the things you wanted to say to him. Well, no he was one, about to come upstairs. He, I, I was, it was outside. But I'm sure he could have taken, in. you know, 10 seconds to hear how great he is from I you. would have just geeked. There's no way I could have done it in a, in a way that I would have maintained self-respect. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, most people like to hear that you're, you know, you're, you dig their work. Isn't that funny? It's like... Yeah, everybody loves... I know, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, though. everybody loves to be told, you know, you think you think as a fan, like, oh, I don't want to bother them, you know, and I want to be cool, and so it's like, hey, what's up, you know, whatever. And um, and yet, the person who's who you're talking to, whenever you say, God, you know, what you did, really, it always, unless they're an asshole, like, it, yeah, always, it always means something. Means something, especially with something like this where you know podcasting where you're not you don't have an audience in front of you so the only way that you get any sense that anyone's listening or anyone cares about what you're saying is from the feedback and so yeah so and yet you know i do it too i i feel like i don't want to be all i remember i was a huge huge fan of sunny day real estate i don't know if you guys remember that band but i loved them but i loved them they're the kind of music sort of like radiohead although i don't i was i didn't like radiohead as much but 
I can listen to it and I love it, but I can't listen to it all the time because it makes me too melancholy. Like it's just, yeah. it just strums a chord inside me that's too connected to too much emotion, I guess. Yeah. But I still consider them one of my favorite bands or just like a band that I don't, sort of like there's probably like foods that my, are my favorite foods, like fettuccine Alfredo. I haven't had that probably in like 25 years. Wow. Um, but I, if someone said you're going to die tomorrow, and you can eat whatever you want today. Uh-huh. I feel like fettuccine would be on, Alfredo would be on that list. Or like, I was just thinking this morning about um, pecan praline ice cream. Oh, yeah. Or praline pecan ice cream. That's another thing that I haven't had since I was a kid. Yeah. But um, I used to, but I, I would I would be into that. Yeah. Anyway, my point being that uh, I love Sunny Day Real Estate and also foods that are too fattening to ever eat but I still consider them among my favorites. And so Jeremy Enoch, the singer of Sunny Day Real Estate, released a solo album, Return of the Frog Queen, which I also recommend highly and I really like. Um, and he was performing at Spaceland in Silver Lake. Yeah. Um, and this was when I was in college and my friend and I came out to see him and I saw him on the street before the show and I like just had to go up and tell him how much his music meant to me and how I, I just went, I gushed. I went on and on and on about how great I thought he was and how much his music meant to me. And I felt... Uh-huh kind of uncomfortable afterwards. Yeah. So I know what you're saying. Like, I felt like I had just, I don't know. I felt like I had been too gushing and too yeah. this. And, Cause it's like when you say all this stuff to the person, it's like, you're at such a, <clears throat> there's kind of a pitch to it, but they never quite respond in kind. It, They're never like, thank you. Your words as much, you know, your words mean as much to me as what yours, I was my <laughs> music meant to you. Like, I, th- I think maybe that's the yeah. sort of weirdness you feel is that you feel like, you just bared your soul for this person and they appreciate it. And they're always like, Oh, thank you. But they don't know. But you. it's not, it's not, I don't know. Cause like I've been on the receiving, you know, people will say to me that, that this episode meant so much to them or this show meant so much to them or this, you know, they connect mm-hmm. with this or thank you for talking about this. And I love hearing that. Was but it I the wonder, last one that I did with you? The ones that they, they connect with are probably right. the ones I was on. Yeah. They're like, when you talked about, burping yeah and um when Sorry. you talked about your prostate yes. <laughs> oh the prostate episode that was a that was classic oh, no, sorry please continue. um but i yeah i wonder but that i always remember that stuff and like that really means a ton to me i, I th- wonder i wonder if they walk away feeling like weird about it though i think it's it's the um interpersonal um I, for lack of a better word like power dynamic you know and that when you're when you really like someone you kind of build them up and put them on a pedestal or whatever. And in normal human interactions, it's you don't do that. So that when you run into them, suddenly they become a real human being and you're having a real human interaction. It's not you talking to, um, you know, some, I don't know, larger than life mm-hmm. figure anymore. It's you talking to a person and suddenly it becomes the the reality of this weird power dynamic becomes... Uh, apparent and it's kind of like in high school or something when you you're showing too much enthusiasm for something you become uncool right and they can't reciprocate because they don't know who you are so it just becomes a really awkward and uncomfortable thing for that that person of course if you're on the receiving end of it you feel great because you've just been inflated with all of this praise uh although i you know when i've done book signings and stuff i always feel like, I want to give back as much as possible when people say, oh, I really love what you did or whatever. I always want to be like, so tell me about you. Like, I, I have this weird inability to receive too much praise, I think, or something. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't really love being on the other side of it, mm-hmm. I guess. 
Do you not enjoy book signings? Um, they're okay. I'm I'm not like I don't need the adulation like that. I don't. It's, I'm not comfortable with it. I don't look at it as adulation as much as just feedback well for me maybe adulation is too strong um but you like getting feedback on twitter and instagram and that kind of stuff right well i like yes that's like a manageable level of adulation i guess or a manageable yeah when a person's in front of me and and doing it like i'm always appreciative uh but i guess i'm you know it's just like in life even forget the whole um you know this of it all (laughs) um when people are too effusive with compliments or I, I always get a little uncomfortable with it. Um, I always want to turn it back around and compliment them in return, even when it's just friends or family. So I, I guess I'm, it's just so, sort of something in me. I don't know. Well, it's interesting because what you're saying is maybe it would be better that you don't gush in front of Scott Ackerman if he has your kind of Well, that's the thing. Makeup. You don't know. Yeah, maybe right. that's it. You, know, you, you, you don't know the person well enough to know how they would deal with it. Like some people might not like it or some people might like it and you don't want to be... I don't know. Yeah. Someone should write a book about it. She's just playing with her bone. That's her bone. Hi. Sorry for the constant Wendy commentary in the background um, that I am causing to happen. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like if someone is, if someone's work moves you, I think it's cool to let them know. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I agree. Do it. It's never, it's never going to be not appreciated. Okay. Right. That's the, the, okay. No one's going to be like, oh, Jesus. What a dick. He's totally. And they're not going to see you. Here's the thing. You think you're, you're uncool, but the person receiving it never thinks that. Right. They always think, wow, what a smart and discerning person. <laughs> With excellent they like taste me so and much. art. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Um, let's see. I think we should do some news and let's play the brand new news jingle. Ooh. News, 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 news with Allison. Ching. Sounds really lot. It sounds like it's live, right? That's how good that was. Honestly, right? yeah. It sound like I just did it right now off the cuff. Yeah. Um. So really, a uh, dark week for journalists. I many, know. many a journalist died, and Brian Williams suspended for six months without pay and retired, or announced retirement. John Stewart. That's right. And uh, and people are including really Letterman in the whole thing. Why? I don't know. Is this his last week? I, thought I actually Letterman- don't know. I just know that in all. I just know that I <laughs> see Letterman grouped in in with all of it. Huh? What's Letterman's connection? I don't know. Look <laughs> it up on your phone right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that, that's actually see that's actually not the meat of what I was going to say. No. <laughs> but people are lumping Letterman in with all of it because the initially it was like Letterman Stewart. Oh, you know why they were? Why? Oh, well, I, I I know there was a Letterman connection with Brian Williams' story because Brian Williams had told his story on Letterman. Hmm. Hmm. This is going so well yeah, so far. The news, everybody. Uh, but no, <laughs> David Carr. I know. By the way, so if you don't know who David Carr is, Hillary, we we distributed. I work for a company called Magnolia Pictures, and we distributed a documentary called Page One, and I, it should be on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, check it out. Um, it's, it's really, really good. It's really good. It's like a year in the life, kind of, but really focuses on David Carr and how he defends old 
school journalism. Yeah, he so he wrote about media and business for the New York Times. Before mm-hmm. that, he had written, wrote for um, the Atlantic and a bunch of different papers. And um, he collapsed on Thursday night in the newsroom. He was fifty-eight. Yeah, and he that that's you know what I was going to say about him is um, one of the things I loved about him is he really defended old school journalism and he makes the case writing, in a way yeah. that you, you probably haven't heard defends it against this the, you know sort of the new form of journalism is you break a story on twitter as fast as you can yeah. the stories aren't reported yeah. it's just this rush to get it to print and there's there's a great scene where he confronts the guys at advice Vice. yeah yeah and he and i won't spoil it <laughs> but um you know he's he was so smart and so um you know, it's cheesy to say this, but he was just such a straight shooter. Like he, yeah. it, probably because he had been a drug addict and had really seen. Right. He the, he um, cataloged all of that in his memoir, Night of the Gun. Not that a drug addict makes you that, but I think he had, he had gone through so kind of much that he. Bent to hell and back. Yeah. I don't know. So it's sad. It's really sad. And they're saying his cause of death is undetermined, but he also was a cancer survivor and, yeah. um, you know, he had, had been an alcoholic as well as a drug addict. Right. So I knew of him. Um, because Greg Gutfeld was really close with him. Oh, yeah. So I had met him a couple times in New York. Um, and but then I was reading something today that was saying that almost everyone felt as if he was their best friend. That was, to know him was to feel as if you were his best friend. Kind of like you, honey. He didn't, you know, capitalize on it the way I am. Yeah. But yeah, so that's really sad. Yeah, that is sad. And then also, sixty Minutes correspondent Bob Simon died I in a car know. crash. He was 73. Okay, so how do you feel about the whole, he wasn't wearing his seatbelt. I know, because apparently you don't have to wear a seatbelt if you're in a town car. Yeah, and there's this thing in New York where, and I do it too, where you get in a cab and you just feel like, well, I'm in a cab. I don't need my seatbelt. I would never get in a car otherwise and not wear a seatbelt, but there's something about being in a cab where you're like, ah, this is a seatbelt-free zone, like you can't get in accidents, and yet... You totally can. We were in it. That's right. Okay, that was you and me. For some reason, I always... One time I said to Brian, bald Brian, I referred yeah. to the thing and he didn't know. No, and no, was it was like, oh, you it was and me. You. We were going to Caroline's yeah. and uh, we're near Caroline's. We're like half right. a block away. We were doing a show there. And the cab got into an accident and we just got out of the cab. It was real slow moving. Like we weren't hurt at all, but it no. was that thing where you're like, I just heard the crumpling of metal on metal. Yeah. And so I, I, I wonder if. He was just, you know, huh, I'm just in a, I'm in a town car. I don't need to wear my seatbelt. And right. So on Wednesday night, he was a passenger in a Lincoln town car, and that his car hit another car, stopped at a traffic light, and then slammed into metal barriers separating traffic lanes. Um, and he and the town car's driver were taken to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead. Sad. So yeah, that is really sad. I Sixty minutes. And then um, in in L.A. local news, Stan Chambers. Do you know who that is? No idea. He was a KTLA correspondent, and he died, and he was ninety-one. Oh. I didn't. I don't know. Legendary Stan Chambers of KTLA. I don't watch local news. But uh, his lengthy nineteen forty-nine reporting about the effort to rescue three-year-old Kathy Fiscus, who fell uh. down an abandoned well and died, is recognized as the first live TV coverage of a breaking news story. Oh, wow. I was unfamiliar with this Kathy yeah. Fiscus well baby story because, to me, the only yeah. baby in a well is baby Jessica. Baby Jessica. You know, when we were growing up, there were a lot of like baby, there's baby Jessica, there was baby Faye. Do you remember baby Faye? No. I'm pretty sure she received like a chimpanzee heart at Loma Linda Hospital oh, or something. Any news story involving a baby, it was like baby something. I wonder how baby Faye is doing right now. I don't, we should, 
you know what? Next week we will update you on how Baby Faye is doing. Yeah. Um, Baby Jane, the movie that I never saw but scared yeah, the shit yeah. out of me just reading about it as a young person. Yeah. Cabbage Babies. What are those? Patch Kids? Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, I never had a cabbage patch kid. My I sister did. Improv. <laughs> it's, it was funny accidentally. Yep. you were accidentally funny. Cabbage babies. Well, no, uh, I'm thinking of something else then. Beanie babies. Beanie babies it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Did you ever have a doll growing up? A doll. I had. Don't get uh, so incensed. We were I'm from a, the. I'm all man, honey. Yeah, I don't but we're have... from the free to be you and me generation, where parents were like, "I'm going to give my son a doll so that he doesn't get yeah. his entrenched I had, gender roles." No, I didn't have like a doll doll, but I had like I had a GI Joe figure that was okay. So that you nursed that I would yeah that I would let suckle on my <laughs> <laughs> prepubescent breast. Um, no, back before G.I. Joe was like a team of dudes. It was a dude G.I. Joe. And then I also had a bionic man uh, figure. And these are like big doll size. I also mm-hmm. had a giant Boba Fett. So those are my three dolls, I guess. Did you have stuffed animals? I wasn't really. No, I mean, I did, but I didn't, you know. What, what toys did you, what toys were you into? Oh, I was all about Star Wars figures. I mean, I'm, so that, yeah, that was my, my era. It was all Star Wars figures for me. I don't know that I had too much. And Hot Wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much that. I had like other like Star Wars ish figures, you know, like I had um some Battlestar Galactica figures, and I had uh um, Black Hole. Remember that movie? Yes, I remember seeing that yeah. movie. I remember seeing it as a ki- at a kid's birthday party in the garage, and they pulled. Um, they had a projector and one of those like sc- you know in school when they would show a yeah. film strip and they would pull that screen down yeah. that that like that uh-huh. what, what's the word I'm looking for retractable screen yeah yeah they had one of those on a stand I, where would you get those well I think I mean, back in the day them. when people would actually have um, movie m- film movie cameras yeah. then they would also have projectors so you'd have to buy one. My family had a Polar Vision, which was Polaroid camera briefly. Oh, that, yeah. Do you know about that? Polaroid um, came out with a video camera, like a, a But it's moving. like a really shitty... It's really shitty and there's no sound. Yeah. So it's just like really grainy, shaky images. It's like worse than, than Super 8 millimeter. Sure. <laughs> those are those old, like those really thin... Yeah, no, I know. That's what we shot all of our student films on in film school was 8 millimeter. Do they always look shaky? Uh, well, I mean, you know, the way any film is shaky when run through a projector, there's a certain shakiness even to, uh, you know, 35 millimeter films that you see in the theater. That shakiness, that tiny, almost imperceptible shakiness adds a blur to the, to the, the thing that we're used to. And that blur creates a kind of a veil that, that when it's gone and it looks like video, it looks like video. Oh, so is that what that, cause I always, as I, as a kid, I always noticed the difference between a show like Cheers mm-hmm. and a show like Facts of Life. But like, especially in the theater, when you go to a theater and you're seeing something, now we're used to it. We're more used to it. But that there's like it, it creates a kind of... It makes uh, it a little more distanced. And it's glossy. a bit of a... Yeah. And it's like, it's a veil that separates you from the image. And, and, and there's a kind of a romantic feeling that you, you associate with it, I think. I always do. found it more cold. I, I preferred when the veil was lifted and it was as if you were watching a home it's movie. It's less intimate. Yeah. Yeah, it's less intimate, but in the same way that, that 
home videos are more intimate because it's more real. What I always thought was interesting when a show that was normally shot on film, if they were showing like a home, as part of the plot, they were showing home movies and then it would be on video or vice versa. And then the aspect ratio would change. I don't know, but perhaps. Do you know what that means? <laughs> kind of. Well, you know, it's like, so you, like you're watching the big thing and then it would get boxed. small and it'd yeah. be like, oh, now we're watching a little home movie. Right. And then it'd get big again. You know, um, a film convention that always bugs me is that whenever someone's looking through binoculars on screen... And you see the two? Yes, but, but that's not what binoculars actually look like. But uh, if you saw one on film, you'd think they're looking through a telescope. I guess so. Right? And that would be weird yeah. to bring a telescope to the park to stare at couples having picnics. That would be weird. Have you ever had a picnic? They're overrated. <sighs> you know, I don't think I've ever had a picnic like where you bring the wicker basket right. and the red and white checkered. We should have like a proper picnic one day. Like at a table? But then, of course, Inside. if you do that, then you got to do it on an anthill and there'll be a bunch of ants and I hate right, ants. Right, and all of a sudden your watermelon is being carried away by ants. <laughs> that <laughs> always happens. I don't want to do that. I think you and I, when we went to visit, so your brother goes to Pomona College, which is where I went. When mm-hmm. we went to visit, we were talking about um, how much we never liked when classes would decide to have the class outside. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't like that. And that's supposed to be one of the benefits of going to college in California is that you can have class outside. But all of a sudden, you're sitting there on the grass and all you're thinking about is there's bugs crawling up your butt and you can't focus on what's going on if you're me. Um, Or for me, it's just like, oh, if I'm going to be outside and do my class, I could take it one step further and be outside and And not not be in class. (laughs) Not go to class. You know? I think that, um, yeah, I never liked that either. Yeah. It didn't happen too much, though, in my life. (laughs) It happened... Some teachers really liked going outside. Well, at Pomona, they have like actually they designated areas. They didn't back in the day, though. When I went there, they didn't. Now, when we went, we saw they had like a yeah, like a like an outdoor classroom, outdoor kind of exactly area where you could sit outside and have a class. But that's kind of when neat. I went there, it was just sitting in a circle on the grass. I guess if it's a, it depends on the class. If it's a, if it's a, a sort of a discussion based class, then that's cool. Like I would, I would dig it. But if it's a lecture class, I would hate it. Nothing good comes from sitting cross-legged on the grass outside. Yeah. By the way, do people even still say sitting Indian style? And is it okay to say that? But you know what's funny? I always thought it was Indian style, like Native American Indian style. I think it is. No, but if you think about it, it's Indian. St- it's not. Oh, it's like a Hindu meditation oh. thing, right? I always thought it was Native American style too. Right? Maybe. Are you sure? Well, I, you don't associate that kind of sitting. It's more of a yoga, yogi yeah, kind of sitting, isn't it? Yeah, I guess you're sitting, right. Isn't it? You're right. I never thought of it. You've opened up a whole world to me. Speaking Sorry of, to blow your mind, everybody. <laughs> Excuse me. Speaking of opening up worlds, um, <clears throat> Fifty Shades of Grey came out on Friday. Don't I know it, girlfriend. I read a review that was very not positive. It calls the movie Run of the Mill, and it says, In trying to please everyone, Fifty Shades of Grey has stripped away the fun and settled on palatable. I would think that... Apparently, it's not even very sexy, this movie. Yeah, that's, that baffles me. Like, if you're going to do a, a, a movie version of that, wouldn't you kind of take the snakes on a plane approach of just like, fuck it, we're just going to embrace the craziness of this premise? And I, You know, I think that they're trying to make it so... Uh, appealing to the mainstream that <clears throat> excuse me yeah i have had this cough that won't go away for this week and um i talked about it actually on the thursday show that when i did doug loves movies i had a whole coughing jag at yeah. the end of the show and, and it's, it's beginning to happen again so hold please 
I don't know if you guys have had this, Daniel. You had it—the lingering cough for like three months. Yeah, I had it for. So three you get months. the flu for a couple of days, and then you can't stop coughing forever. Oh, it's the worst. It's kind of miserable. I finally took this cough syrup that you got yeah. the other Did day, it which t- it tastes like band aids yeah, crossed like, with makeup. It's, it's like so you juiced, It's like you juiced a bunch of band aids and then drank it. It's so gross. <laughs> it's awful. And it knocks you out, but it did make me stop coughing. But I don't want to take it again because the taste is so... I have a negative association with it. <laughs> that it's, it's gross and that's the negative association? Yes, that's the negative association. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, though, Fifty Shades of Grey. I think they're trying to make it such a big cinematic event that uh, they're... I that. But like... Sorry, I'm, I keep it. No, it's you. okay. I mean, do... Yeah, just have fun with it. Just be fun. Be crazy. Embrace what it is. Like, don't try to make it respectable or I don't know serious. they're trying to make it respectable but they're just smoothing all the edges why do that though you know what I mean Put, yeah. push that rating as far as you can and go bananas with it it's 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 not like it's a serious piece of literature right no it was I, I could not make it through that book it right. was very poorly written do it like I think it was um, it was uh, it couldn't live up to its own hype. Make it me. like an old Russ Meyer movie or something. Just a B movie. and and Because then you can almost even get guys to go. I mean, now, if it's yeah. Fun, now, is this something that you have any curiosity about? Not any. The, you have no curi- you no desire no, to see the movie? No. What? Why? I don't know. I See, I see. maybe the marketing did work on me because I'm like curious about it. I said you you should do gal chat. You and the gals should all go. Well, a lot of people were tweeting. A lot of people were tweeting that this is a movie that like women are going to with the gals. Hear that, fellas? If you go, you're going to be surrounded by horny ladies. Well, now why does this not appeal to you at all? Um, it just looks boring. Um, you know and. I don't know. Like, I don't see what is interesting about it on any level. Like, oh, it's sex. Like, oh. <laughs> like, like we haven't seen hotter sex scenes, I'm sure, a million times before. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering if maybe it has been marketed directly to women. And because I'm a woman, I didn't realize. Like, what's the big deal about the sex scenes? It's like he ties her up with neckties and, and whips her butt or something. I yeah, it's all like bondage and stuff but what, what's so is that supposed to be really transgressive or something i don't, I don't I think get it so. she's a virgin i suspect that there are a lot of women who are like it appeals to um women who've been in marriages for a long time where the sex has gotten really stale perhaps and so oh ooh, i wish my i could have some dangerous love affair with a billionaire sociopath who would have a sex dungeon, you know, instead of my fucking fat old trucker husband who, you know, just rolls on top of me at 2 a.m. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Although I read someone tweeted something like the whole time she was just thinking, run from the abusive relationship, run, run. So oh. I don't know. Oh, so it, it it goes into that like it's abusive? He's pretty manipulative. I sort of remember that from the. I did like I. I just skimmed the book. How, I really. How is it? A, how is it? Wasn't this fan fiction for Twilight? Didn't it start off as? No, did it? Yeah, I. I yeah, there I was some that? relation to Twilight. I think it, it, this started off as like someone just writing fan fiction, but I don't see what the relationship is with Twilight. Is he a vampire? No. <laughs> no, is he? No, like, but it's the similar power imbalance to, to Twilight. Oh, so they were like, what if these weren't vampires, but it was just like, 
I guess. I, I'll take the same sort of idea and put it in the... <laughs> Like the dangerous <laughs> hypersexual oh my God, guy who's care less powerful about this. Yeah. and the naive woman who, you know, is soon to have an awakening. I guess. <laughs> all the women need their awakenings. We all do. Yeah. Go see it. Well, this has been a delightful weekend show. Anything else you want to talk about? Um... No, I think I'm all right. I think, think you're good. Think you're good for till the next weekend. Oh my god, are you enjoying Better Call Saul? I love Better Call Saul. It's great. Yes, isn't I it? sure am. The relationship between Saul and his brother isn't that interesting. There, first of all, the acting is so good. Yes, and it's so intriguing. I'm hooked. Do you think the brother's condition is real, or do you think he's? Um, Wait, if we're going to talk oh, about television, hold please. TV. had to sing along with it i was pretty excited that was a special version yeah it was in stereo that's right yeah um so okay so michael mckeon's character the brother yes um are we spoiling anything i don't think we are this is very apparent no no this isn't a plot spoiler um is his condition i think it's in his mind real or in his mind yeah he has a condition where he can't be around electricity or any magnetic electromagnetism yeah i think it's in his mind I think that it's deliberately vague right now, uh, but I've never heard of anything like that. Nor have I. And I don't, I can't imagine how it'd be possible to, you know, I mean, there isn't there a magnetic field around there? I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like you're I think there's constantly bombarded with, yeah. anyway, it's interesting. It's, uh, and Bob Odenkirk is so good too. He's amazing. And I mean, Ray Seahorn is good. We have to get her back on the show. She was a, she was a guest on my show yes. in the last couple of and years. And her her part's going to get bigger too. Yeah, I just heard an interview with Bob Odenkirk where he was talking about the season, and he said that um, how each episode's going to have a like a totally different tone, and it's going to really um, take these wild swings. But he's like episode. What did he say? He said episode four and episode nine are going to be insane. So. I was like, oh, God. Four and nine. They make great TV over there. I also want to tell you about something I'm really excited about right now. Um, It's Trident Passionberry Gum. Now, here's the deal. I stopped at a gas station on the edge of a Brazilian neighborhood here in L.A. I didn't know there was a Brazilian neighborhood here in L.A. There is. I think it is. It's like kind of... Um, palms are kind of north of Culver City because there's, you know, oh, yeah, okay. there's like a whole string of these like uh, Brazilian uh, shops and stuff. When know? I imagine a Brazilian neighborhood, I just imagine words with a lot of H's and X's. Oh, is they have? Is that what they're? Yeah. Well, what do they speak in Brazil? They Portuguese. Speak Portuguese. Well, anyway, um, I have not been able to find this gum anywhere else, and it's so delicious. Which means, of course, Trident will stop making it because I'm right. Gonna, curse you, of death for gum flavors but you ordered it on amazon right? so i ordered well so I ordered, my banner i ordered like yeah i ordered like 18 packs on amazon because last Our time whole house smells like passionberry okay so orbits made a mojito flavored gum that i was really into it was actually really good did it have a, an alcohol flavor to it no it didn't have the alcohol part but it did taste like a mojito and that was delicious so like mint and lemon yes yes Okay. But with a rum flavor that is an alcohol rum. It's hard to describe, but they, they did get it. And then they stopped making it. And I was Imagine like, if you were chewing mojito gum and then you got pulled over. 
Well, and no, because like, you don't have a, an alcohol. Yeah, I'm going to have this gum to mask my alcohol, <laughs> and then it's like more alcohol. Right. Yeah, tequila-flavored gum. Uh, and then they stopped making it, and then they had a, a sangria-flavored gum. Yet again. Also really good. And I was really into that for a while, and then they stopped making that. So now, um, by the way, she... Wendy is obsessed with a plant right now. Okay, uh, sorry. Um, And uh, yeah, so I bought a bunch of it. And um, I just want to say, it's really good. So sorry if our house smells like passion Passion berry berry. gum. but (laughs) It's okay. That's something I'm I'm really happy about this week. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. Um, Going back to television, which is what we were talking about a second Mm -hmm. ago. um, There's a show that I... Okay, Wendy, take it down a notch. There's a show that I watched yesterday for the first time called Hack My Life on True TV with Kevin Pereira and Brooke Van Poplin. I hope I'm getting her name right. Kevin Mm -hmm. Pereira was a very early guest on my show, and I would love to get him back. Um, And it was really interesting. It was almost like Mythbusters in the fact, in the sense that they do experiments. See if the hacks, yeah, in real time. It's sort of like like the website Lifehacker. Yeah, like there was a lot of um, just different daily, everyday life hacks that they tested, Mm -hmm. and it was fun to watch. Like apparently, if you shake a carbonated can of something you know if like when you yeah. drop a can you're like i can't open it or it's going to explode if you tap on the top and the sides quite a bit then you can open it and it won't explode and i thought mm-hmm. that was an urban legend i didn't know that that actually works but apparently it does and they also yeah. did the one which ha- we've talked about on my show which is when you take your um your re- your car remote control thing and you're trying to unlock your car and if you put it under your oh, chin yeah. your head you acts that, as an though. amplifier yeah i did know that but they yeah. tested it it adds like 80 more feet to it wow and they showed how to make a really cheap air conditioner with a cooler and ice and pvc and they showed all sorts of That's interesting very things cool. so i recommend and they also showed if you get a dent on your car door you toothpaste no they did there was some stuff with toothpaste but no well first they tested like heating it up with a hairdryer and then blowing um, liquid air at it, compressed air, which is supposed to like the hot and the cool is supposed to just oh. be. That didn't do anything. It didn't work though. Oh, oh. You will see that that is supposed to be something that works online, but it didn't work. It didn't work. They took a plunger, just like a toilet plunger, and then they um, you know, suctioned it to the door and pulled and that pulled out the dent. Oh, a dent. I was thinking a scratch. Yeah, no, a dent. Yeah, yeah. They actually have... The plunger actually worked, yeah. You can get a thing that's basically a simulation of that. I have one of those. It's like a suction thing that you can put on your car and then it suctions and then you can pull out the dent. Well, there you go. And then also they tested one where like a good way to peel potatoes, they said, was to take a toilet brush, attach it to a drill, put the p- potatoes in water oh. and then turn it on. Nice. But it didn't work well oh. because it just it just kind of like spun around, but the potatoes, maybe you needed to pack the potatoes in more. It didn't really work. Hmm. But the whole time I was thinking they need to make a statement that use a clean toilet brush. Oh my God. I, see, even if it was a clean toilet brush, I would have trouble getting past the like, this is a toilet brush. Because they have to test it at the factory to make sure they're working. <laughs> they, you never know. Look, right. a toilet brush. Inspected by number two. Folks, don't ever lick toilet brushes. Who would do that? Ugh. Toilet brushes. That's, there's probably some gross person who licks the, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, toilet brushes. Oh, that's like into that? That's probably Did I tell you this story? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no. I don't know that I want to know. Did I already talk about this? That guy in, there was a pub in England where someone, some guy was going to the bathroom. He was urinating and, and he looked down into the drain and he saw an eyeball looking up at him. Ugh. And he was like, what? And he goes uh, to the, I don't know, the manager or someone. And, they, and they, there was like some room, some door and they unlocked the room behind the the 
the um the restroom and it was like you know one of those uh storage rooms or something like that where all the pipes are and some dude had snuck in there uh uh crawled he had set up some cushioning so he could he could put his head it like removed the pipe for the drain for the urinal and put his head in there looking up so that he and he was covered in urine and then he the guy ran out of the room describe my expression right now horrified disgust <laughs> yeah i'm disgusted and incredulous is this are you sure this is true yeah where did you read about this oh, i read it like Two or three weeks ago, I can't remember. Maybe like Vice. London P stories. No, it might have been like Vice or. It, something. I think it was longer than two or three weeks ago because I remember you told me about it, and I had this expression at that time too. Uh, it's just humans, you know what I'm saying? Am I right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a fun weekend show. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to listen to Scott Ackerman on Monday. Yes. And, and there's a special special um segment that we did for the very first time on that episode very exciting yeah i don't want to give it away but there's a special fun game in that episode and we're going to be recording the gal chat episode this week too so send us your just gal chat just me or everyone's tweet those to ariymbf and use the hashtag jmo and the hashtag gal chat or just any sort of gal chat topics if you want to you know guys are welcome to do that gal ch- yeah guys yeah. can submit their gal chat topics as well um if you want to follow me on twitter it's at allison rosen show's twitter feed at ariymbf uh the show's email address ariymbf show at gmail.com if you're gonna buy something on amazon perhaps some passionberry gum or a toilet plunger uh click through the banner on my website allison it doesn't cost you anything extra but it does help out the show thank you so much for all of your amazon support also there's paypal links on my website go to allisonrosen.com on the right side you can see the paypal stuff we have a ringtone available hey 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 go fuck yourself you can get that by searching hey go fuck yourself on your iphone in the itunes store two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the la podcast festival the first one with doug benson and greg proops the next one with doug benson musician matt costa and much of the former thursday gang and those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the itunes store and uh, you can follow daniel at daniel quants q-u-a-n-t-z and you're on instagram as well on all of the stuff that's right the gram and the twitter Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen Show. Show.